God. Had such an awesome time in the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Join with me in prayer, uh, if you would, please. Father God, we just thank you for you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all the wonderful things you've given us, but we thank you for you, that you've chosen to make yourself known to us, that you made a way to be, that we might be reconciled with you. We thank you, Father God, for your presence here today and the way you've already blessed us. Father, I just pray for us all this uh, this morning, Lord, that we would continue in your presence, that we would continue to draw from your grace that you've manifested already this morning, that we would continue to draw from that well, and that we would continue to seek your holy face. Bless us, Father, as we get into your word, in Jesus' name, amen. I have a simple word from the Lord this morning. So if if you're expecting something more than simple, I'm sorry to disappoint. But God really uh, blessed my heart with this word. And I'm going to be all over uh, the Bible uh, this morning uh, to a certain degree, but I'm going to spend the majority of my time in Luke chapter 4, verses 36 through 50. And I've chosen for a title for this message, Still Amazing. Still Amazing. And I'm talking about God's grace. And I think most of us in here, if not all, can think back to that time of our conversion. The time when we gave our heart to the Lord. And that moment when we realized the goodness of God led us to repentance. The moment when the amazingness of God's grace became a reality to us. Do you remember that? Thank you, CJ. (laughs) Do you remember that moment? And you realize that the one true God The God that created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them loved you so much, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins so that you might be reconciled with him. Still amazing. Think about it. When God had every right to judge us and send us all to a fiery hell, he chose instead to love us and make it so that we might be saved. Isn't that amazing? Truly amazing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God's grace is still amazing. Is it still amazing to you? CJ, can I can I see that Bible, brother? I guess I do need it after all. Oh, it's right here, brother. It's not always reliable. 
as amazing as that. That might surprise you. Luke chapter 4, verses 36 through 50 is where we're going. But I want to give you some scriptures first. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, I have them typed up. It says, And the child, being Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Luke 1, 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, and true. Look at the person to your right and say, God's grace is still amazing. Now, the person that was just spoken to, look at the person to your left. <laughs> and say, I know it's true. Now, the person on your right, look at that person to your left again and say, you better know it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sometimes we need to be reminded that God's amazing grace didn't just happen in a time long ago when we came to him, but that grace is still amazing and it's still available to be a reality in our lives on a daily basis. Amen. And that same amazing grace that, that, that was bestowed upon us, that same amazing grace that was poured out on us, that caused us to give our lives to the Lord, we need to realize that same grace is available to those who don't yet know him. Amen? John 1 verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Acts 4.33 says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Grace is not a one-time event. Grace is an everyday, a daily unfolding I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 4. Finally, I'm ready to get there. Verse 36. translation do you have brother i tell you what i may have mistakenly wrote down the wrong scripture reference but the story that i have been studying is about the woman with the alabaster box of perfume can someone uh if you can help me uh, uh for some reason i had it in luke 4 It's also in Mark and Matthew as well, but all right, I'm sorry, Luke 7, verse 36. And it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. 
and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. He didn't even say it out loud. He spoke to himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, if he really was a man of God, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Here we go. Do you see this woman, this sinner woman, I might add? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. You know, it was customary for them to greet each other with a kiss to the cheeks. You didn't give me a kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. Notice the contrast he's drawing here between Simon and the woman. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, I'm not only going to address this from the standpoint of, you know, I don't, I don't think we should be competing for whose sins were the greatest. And, hey, I came out of more struggle than you did. I came out of a more messed up and tore up life than you did, so I love God more than you. I, instead, I, I want to kind of draw the contrast between, uh, if you look at other passages, it gives more detail. The disciples were there too. It wasn't just he and Simon. All right? So all the boys, the followers, the believers, were in this same house of Simon. And they're just chilling with Jesus. You know, they're friends now. They're boys. None of them had that amazing grace, that amazing awe of Jesus being in the presence of him because they were used to him now. All the boys in the house getting ready to eat. Yeah, he's master. Yeah, he's Lord. But here comes this woman. Now, I, I picture the atmosphere of the room. I picture it kind of complacent. Don't our lives feel complacent sometimes? We feel apathetic. Nobody was worshiping the Lord. Nobody was in awe of the Lord. Nobody was impressed by the Lord, even though they were in his presence. He was not regard, uh, regarded with awe. This is the king of kings. And in comes this sinner woman. And she decides she's going to change the atmosphere of the entire place. She comes in, grace, 
so amazing, so divine, deserves my soul, my life, my all. She comes in, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, has saved a wretch like me. And she comes in and she begins to anoint his body with oil. Uh, another uh, passage says they were indignant. They were like, what a waste. Can you believe it? These are his boys. What a waste. How much money could that perfume have been sold for? And, 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 and the poor could have been fed and blessed, and she just wasted. On, basically, I'm saying it the way they didn't say it. I'm going to be blunt. And she just wasted it on the Lord. Can you imagine that? It had been a little while, I guess, since uh, the boys had experienced that grace. And the Lord really spoke to my heart and said, sometimes the amazingness of God's grace, the amazingness of that thing that he did in your life, over the course of time, the amazingness of it begins to fade. And then we get consumed in the struggles of life that we are currently in. We get consumed in our affairs. We get assumed, uh, we get consumed in, 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 in the direction and the things that we want to do and that we want to be participating in and what we're dealing with. And all of a sudden, the amazingness of God is forgotten. And when that happens... It's been referred to several times already this morning. And when that happens, we, our hearts are not in a place to draw from that grace, to open up that spigot and let the, the, the grace of God pour into us, into our lives, so, so, so we can walk in the life and power that God has for us, so that we can endure, so that when we have done all to stand. We can stand in the Lord. Is this making sense to you? I can relate to both groups in this story. I've been, not literally, but I've been the woman with the alabaster box. I've been the one that realized that that only God can do in my life what has been hap- what has happened in my life. The moment that I realized that this thing is real, that God is real, that He loves me, salvation is mine in Christ Jesus. And the moment I realized that He's not holding what I did in my past against me when uh, uh, when He invited me to come to His throne of grace. I've been her, and, and I've been on fire for God because of that. I wanted everybody to know this God that I had just come to know. And over the passage of time, I've been, I've been one of the boys. Can anybody else relate to both? If you're not, if you're not ashamed to raise your hand, raise your hand, because I, I, I think I think we've all been there. And I believe God wants to challenge us and encourage us to always be like that woman with the alabaster box, to always recognize and appreciate and remember and endeavor to walk in the amazing grace of Almighty God. It's a simple word today. I'm not getting any deeper than that. All right? I got some more to share, but but that's the recurring thing. Because there are some of us that are going through situations. Some of those situations have lasted longer than you ever thought they would. 
And those things, if we're not drawing from that grace, if we're not remembering the amazingness of God's grace, well, we can have that spigot open and drawing from it, it'll begin to harden our heart. Indifference. Apathy. Uh, uh, The fear of the Lord that we ought to have toward him, it begins to wane. And it affects our ability to hear him. It affects our ability to receive when somebody is, is, is preaching the word or, or sharing the truth of God's word with us. It, it, it impacts the way we're able to receive it. Our soil is not what it needs to be in order for that seed to grow, to germinate, and to come to fruition. Notice how Jesus addressed Simon gently. He didn't go all off on him. He didn't even let Simon know he knew what he was thinking. He just said, Simon, I got something to say to you. He drew a a contrast to him. And I just want to let that contrast just percolate in your mind. And I want you to challenge yourself to recognize what side of that fence you're on and just let the Spirit of the Lord I'm not kind of getting my dance on up here I guess. And just let the Spirit of the Lord love on you. Let the Spirit of the Lord convict you. Let the Spirit of the Lord bring you to a place of surrender, bring you to a place where where your heart is open, where despite your situation, despite the circumstance, despite what you're going through, despite the pain, the, despite the confusion, despite even what you have done, because it's not always about what people have done to you. God's grace is still amazing. And God's amazing grace is still available for you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. You know, allergies, sorry. I got to thinking about this. I was meditating on this this week. And I got to thinking about the children of Israel from the time that they were delivered from the Egyptians to their journey to the promised land. Think about this, what we're talking about today as far as his amazing grace. And I began to realize part of their problem was the amazingness of God's grace his delivering them out of Egypt, as it began to be in the rears, you know, they just didn't continue to remind themselves of that grace that, that, that saved them from that severe bondage, that saved them from the, from the grip of tyranny. They began to focus on the new issues, right? And what God did in delivering them from Egypt, they didn't bring that into the now, the current. Amen? Everything was new with a blank slate as though God didn't have a history with them. Does God have a history with you? Has he been faithful? The children of Israel endured the wilderness because they didn't draw near to God. Right? They didn't remember his amazing grace when he delivered them with a strong and mighty hand out of Egypt. Now, the God that did that, they doubted if he could feed them. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The God that delivered them from Pharaoh, they doubted 
that he could provide clean water for him. Think about that. As though God hadn't parted the Red Sea. I'd like to think, I really would, I'd like to think that I would have had a clue back then. Unfortunately, I know enough about me that I would have been just as dumb. I'd like to believe I would be like Caleb and Joshua. By God's grace, maybe I would have. (laughs) But most of the time, we fall a little bit short, don't we? Well, I do. But I thought about that. They ended up in the wilderness. Because instead of having the heart, they ended up in the wilderness because of, instead of having the heart of the woman with the alabaster box, they had the heart displayed by the boys in that story. That's what that heart can do for you. All right? If you value a life full of wilderness experiences, you know, by all means, continue. All right. But if you want the promise of God to be a reality in your life. All right. If you want that grace that is sufficient to be real to you and be available to you when you're going through. We're going to have to learn something from this woman who scripture doesn't even name. We know Simon. We know the rest of the boys. We don't even know her name. But what she did here. Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, what this woman has done will be preached as well. So some of those scriptures that I, <clears throat> that I read earlier, grace is to be continued in. Uh, if, if Acts 13, uh, verse 43 It says, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. It's not something that happened to us once. It's not something that we experienced once. It's something that we ought to be continuing in. Hebrews 4, verse 16, lets us know that grace can be obtained when we need it. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Notice, into this grace in which we stand, so you can stand in the grace of God. I couple that with Ephesians chapter 6. The thought came to me, and I wrote it down. It says, I said, the grace of God is what will help enable you to withstand in the evil day. When you have done all, you can stand in the grace of God. 
What does the Ephesians say? Uh, Ephesians verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I believe the Lord spoke to me. He's like, you've done, no, he says, having done all to stand. Sometimes it feels like you've done all that you can do. And the situation still does not seem to be breaking. Amen? Has anybody else gone through that? You know, Well, it's not really a curse word. There is hell all around you, it feels. Can, can we just talk? Can we just talk real right now? I mean, we're in the holy place. We're in the church. We are, you know, everybody's feeling strong. We've had a great time of worship. But when the environment changes, am I the only one that gets bombarded? Outside these walls, life happens, right? And, and we can and, and we can even we can either uh, yield to it or we can stand strong in the Lord. And sometimes you can do all that you know to do. You've done all that you could to stand, and it feels like it's crashing in on you. What is that thing that will enable you to stand after you've done all that you can? The grace of God. We need to learn to stand in God's grace. God's grace didn't just provide us, we didn't just make a way for salvation for us, but God's grace is God's divine enablement for us to do that which we are unable to do in our own strength. That's why this simple message is important to us. It is critical to us that we learn to regard the grace of God, that his grace is always amazing, that his grace is still amazing to us because it is. I don't do the things that I used to do still because God's still amazing grace is still a reality in my life. Is there anybody else that can give a witness to that? Still amazing. And CJ was talking about the storms and and how that might be challenging your paradigm about, you know, taking authority and everything. But you know what? You know, what he's saying is true. What he's saying is real. God has given us the grace to take dominion. Amen? Amen? But that same mentality that he was speaking to, and I'm, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, bro. But that same mentality that he was speaking to, you know, trying to smooth it over and, 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 and try not to offend sensibilities and so forth, it's the same mentality that would, instead of us drawing on the grace of God, you know, we, are, uh, 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 we fail in the things of God. When God has given us the grace to obey. He's given us the grace to walk in a holy in holiness. He's given us the grace to 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 do great exploits in the name of Jesus. I didn't make you mad, did I? Cuz that was not the intent. I just believe God wants to <laughs> he wants to change our mindset. He wants us to know that even those things that we're uncomfortable with, even those things that we'd rather not have to deal with, Lord, just take this away from me. It don't work like that. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we learn about God's sufficient grace. 
Paul said, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. You know what? I'm not even going to get into what that may or may not have been. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He didn't want to have to deal with it. Lord, just take it away. I have prayed like that. I don't know, a hundred times if I prayed once. I can't even count how many times over the course of my Christian life I've made a similar prayer to that. And he wanted it gone. Verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Why? Before or because my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That tells me power accompanies grace. Amen? Sometimes we are so fearful of the situation and, 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 and what might result from the situation that we feel like we've got to do something and we don't realize we're trying to operate in our own strength. And when God wants us to rest in his grace, let his strength be manifested in our situation. Let his strength be manifested in our body. It doesn't mean he wants us weak. That, that, that's not what it's saying. We are not perfect beings, all right? We are not in a perfect world. We're dealing with the consequences of sin entering into this world we're going to be confronted with situations that are troublesome that are afflicting right well i'll say amen myself right we're going to be facing those situations like paul some situations god we just don't want to have to deal with this take it away I don't even want to look at it. And I would pray that way. And sometimes the situation wouldn't change a lick. And I'm binding the devil. I'm kicking the devil's butt. I'm taking authority. And one time, the Lord convicted me. Because, you know, I'm not talking about sin. It's just something I didn't want to have to deal with. And the Lord basically told me the same thing he told Paul. But basically, what the Lord said is, you're doing a lot of, you're really active. You're doing a lot of, uh, you're giving the devil a lot of credit. <laughs> but the Lord told me, I want you to be still. This is where I want you. It may not be where you want to be, but this is where I want you. The reason your situation hasn't changed is the devil don't have you here. I do. And you can handle this situation. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. And so I've learned over the years not to automatically assume that the stuff I don't like is the devil. Sometimes it is. But God has also put me in, in situations, put me in places. I had no idea why he was doing it until I was in it. <laughs> and I didn't always know that he was the one that put me in it until I was trying to walk it, walk through it. Until I was doing all that I knew to do. I was taking a stand. And nothing was changing. So then I have to go to God. God, what is going on? I, your word says this. I'm doing this. Your word says that. I'm doing that. And this situation is not changing. And that's what led to God telling me what he told me. This is the reason it's not changing is you're praying against my will. I didn't tell you the devil put you here. You assume that. 
Nope, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. But he reminded me of Paul's situation, and he told me his grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for you. It's still amazing. It's still sufficient. That may not be something that many of you want to hear today, because you might be you might be able to relate to me. You might be in a situation you want no part of. But I want you to be open to the Lord and see what God says to you in that situation. Are your feelings based on your assumptions? Do you just not want any part of it? But hasn't sought the Lord as to whether or not you're in it by his will? Because once you figure that out, that determines how you respond in the situation. Right? Because if God says he didn't, you know, if God says it's not of him, you handle it one way. But if God says it's of him, then you've got to chill and you've got to get your heart right. And you've got to say, Lord, direct my steps. Scripture says he'll make a way of escape, but a way of escape doesn't always mean a way out of the situation that you're in. That's where that great, that sufficient grace is. Amen? That's, that's it. That's what God wanted me to share this morning. His grace, his wonderful grace, is still amazing, people. It's real. It's something you can stand in. It's something that will enable you to stand in the evil day. Not just evil day in general, but your evil day. The thing that is personal to you. The thing that you're going through that not everybody else necessarily is going through. His grace will enable you to stand. Some of you need to hear today, my grace is sufficient for you. Which of you need to hear that? I don't know. Maybe God has already spoken that to you. Some of you need to hear, needed to hear the story of the woman with the alabaster box. That story ended with Jesus telling her, Your sins are forgiven. His grace is still amazing. Maybe it's time for you to change the atmosphere in your own life. I'm glad this isn't on TV. It's not look where we are. Maybe it's time for you to change things in your own life. Maybe it's time for you to to wash his feet with your tears and to dry them with your hair, those of you that have hair. You can do it in the spirit if you, even if you don't have hair, I'm sure. Maybe what is needed for you to change What's going on in your situation is for you to become like her. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, your grace is so amazing. Lord, few people have done the crap that I've done. I don't know how you can view such an unlovely person as lovely as you as you view me, I, I, I don't know how you can love me. I, I feel so unlovable. I feel like I am such a failure. I feel like I don't have much to offer. But I know 
I, I don't know how it all works, but Lord, I know your love is real. I know you love me. I know your grace is real. And although I don't have much to offer, I have this alabaster box. This is all I have of value, and I'm going to give it to you. I think that alabaster box represented her all. I'm all in, Lord. I'm not holding anything back. I've spent my whole life reserving stuff for myself. I've spent my whole life keeping certain things to myself. And this is what has gotten me. But now I found Jesus. And now, God, all that stuff that I used to keep for myself that I wouldn't share with anybody, the thing that I thought would sustain me, I am kicking it to the curb. It's it's all about you, Lord. I'm doing that which even your boys think is stupid. I'm wasting money to them. Maybe they have forgotten. Maybe maybe they're, they're having a brain cramp right now. But your grace is still amazing. And your love, there's not words for it. There's a reason Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, what this woman did will also be told. There's something we can learn. There's something we need to draw from her, from her heart, from 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 the way that she just went in and without regard for what anybody else thought and just began to anoint the Lord, began to wash his feet, began to kiss him nonstop, began to love on him and bless him. She got, she had issues. She had lots of problems. Uh, Things weren't perfect in her life, but Jesus changed the atmosphere in her heart. And she went into that room and, and, and took complacency and, and shoved it out the door. It, it could not rest in her presence. Amen? And maybe that needs to happen in your life. Maybe that needs to happen in your home. Maybe that needs to happen in your church. But maybe that needs to happen in your job. If you had a job situation and that job situation is uh, messing with your mind and you're, 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 you're coming home like a grizzly bear, just ready to tear into everybody, just to vent what you're going through at work all day. Get out your alabaster flask. Let the grace of God change your heart and change your situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to ask you to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come up, if you would, please. And I'm just going to give where are the prayer teams. Hallelujah. I just feel like God wants to outpour his grace in people's hearts and people's lives. Uh, he just he wants he wants you to turn on that spigot right now. Full blast and let the grace of God pour over you. And I'm going to give you that opportunity. Whether you're like Paul and you're in a situation that you'd rather God remove, but God has spoken to you today and you've decided you know what? I'm just going to be like Paul. I'm, instead of asking God to remove it, God's grace is sufficient for me. I know he'll make a way of escape. I'm just going to trust God in it, and I'm going to go with God. If you're in that situation, come on up and just let God love on you and let the grace of God minister to you. Maybe you're like that one with an alabaster box a life. You're at a place now where 
Life has left its scars and its marks on you. You've made some decisions that you wish you could have back. Come on to me. And you've suffered because of those because of those decisions. And you've judged yourself. And you've projected your own feelings of, of, of negative feelings of, of, of disgust and judgment and so forth upon God as though that's the way God views you. But if that's you, God wants you to come so he can love on you and let you know how he really sees you. Maybe you realize you've been like one of the boys. just want to declare this time, this moment, I repent. If that's you, come on up and let God love on you, bless you and minister to you. I would ask you to do so in a as quiet as possible in order to honor what the Spirit of God is doing right now. But I want to tell you, uh, if you're not uh, wanting to be a part of the ministry time, that you are free to go uh, with the Lord's blessings. God bless you. And Father God, I just pray for those as they depart, Father God. I just pray that the Word of God would resonate, stick in their hearts, Father God that they will remember the amazingness of your grace. The sufficiency of your grace. The power of your grace to work in their lives. And that they would, and it would enable them to acknowledge you in their situations, Father. I just pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.